This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 221. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I'm joined today by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? As always, I'm doing never better. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about limited color palettes with your colored pencil. One of the things that I I see happen a lot that a lot of newer artists struggle with is knowing which color to choose. I mean, I have, even in my own with Patreon, people will get frustrated with me telling me, I need to know which color you're using. And I'm like, no, you don't. You really don't. That's not what's going to help you. And what we're talking about today, if you find yourself in that, that situation where you really want someone holding your hand that tightly with, you know, every color, I think if you back off and do what we're talking about today, this is really going to help you out. Yeah, definitely. I just finished up my third class teaching at Plaza Art, and that's exactly what I did was I used a limited palette on each of these projects. Another thing that a a beginner color pencil artist has a question about, and I think it's a valid question, not so much like which colors did you use, but how do you go about the process of choosing the colors that you choose? And that's an important thing to discuss and to help a beginner to understand that process of making that decision? Um, The project that I did, I used my polychromos, the set of 12 that comes in the tin, and one Derwent drawing Chinese white. And this video that I, I was doing this project for is focusing around limited supplies all around, yet still professional archival. And it really got me thinking about so many things that I think would help artists. So it's not even just for somebody who's just getting started. It may be somebody who's been working with colored mm-hmm. pencils for a while, and you're struggling to mix colors. Try this. With just that set of 12, I had no problem mixing any of the colors that I needed. So the project that I chose specifically had especially with greens, colors that do not come in the set. You had to layer and mix them. And this is such a good way to learn to blend, to learn, you know, how you need to layer to get different colors. Well, even if they do come in a set, my suggestion would be try try not to use just one static color for uh, coloring anything, for painting anything. Don't depict it with one just slate of color. Uh, It needs to curve. It needs to vary just a little bit and needs to show some dimension and form. And that, and that means a, different colors. That was actually something I found to be really interesting. I It took a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of extra time, but it did take longer to mix the color versus just grabbing a pencil that's the color that I was looking for. But the end result, when you look at it, it's subtle. I don't think the average person is going to notice, but you can see all of those colors in there. I can see the magentas. I can see the greens. I was mixing an olive green. So I the two greens in the set that I had were a light green and an emerald green. And neither one are anywhere near the color green I needed. So I had to mix magentas and reds and yellows into that. You can see those colors layered in there, there is so much more depth with those areas than there would have been if I just 
found the olive green and use that for for a lot of it. And I think it's really good for helping people to learn to create that depth. It forces you to. You don't have any other options. Right, right. No, definitely. Yeah, the first project that I um, guided our students through was a cherries uh, project. And I used the 12 set polychromos pencils. Um, and actually, this is interesting. There are a couple, of, depending on where you look, there's a couple of different sets of the polychromos pencils. Uh, and so I started looking at that and I thought, you know, okay, I'm not sure which one they're going to run across. So I tried to figure out which one that Plaza Art might have because I figured that may be the one that they would go with. But I didn't even use every pencil in that set either. And that's something that's possible. And I think a lot of times beginners, um, they either go one of two ways. They go in this direction of not using enough variation in pencils, you know, only using three for something or think that they have to have 70 or 150. And neither one of those things is really true in order to have a nice project once you're done. If you think that you only need two or three on a particular project, you probably need more than that. But if you think you need uh, a whole bunch more than 12, you probably don't. And I think one of the things that I liked so much about doing this was being forced to try to mix new colors. Oh, yeah. And instead of it, I wouldn't even say just go to your set of 12 or let's say you have a set of 150. I wouldn't say, well, pick 12 of those colors because you're probably picking the 12 closest to what you need. No, I I would challenge yourself to to look up the colors in the Well, apparently one of the two sets or a couple of sets of 12, but pick the 12 in that set and force yourself to make those colors work for you. I think that's Mm -hmm. where the challenge is. Definitely, for sure. That's not what I was saying. What I was saying was you should pick colors that are complementary colors and pick some of the highlights and lowlights that you see and see if you can recreate that local color with combinations and being able to layer and mix colors together. That's what's going to give you more depth and more dimension in your piece. Yeah, it's it, it. I think it's something that really can hold colored pencil artists back having such a large set of colors. And I think that's why it gets overwhelming, because that's one of the things that I really ne- don't hear as often from people who are learning to acry- paint with acrylics. They're not usually as worried about the color. They just kind of experiment and play play with it. But I, I find that it's usually the colored pencil artists who feel overwhelmed. And I think that that's because we've got so many options, too many options. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And one question that that just comes up over and over again Uh, and it came up just within this past three weeks here i'm sure it'll come up uh, this following week and then when i do this workshop coming up but is a lot of them this is the first time they ever purchased a set of pencils and many of them it was over 70 pencils you know something like that and so they're looking at at their project and they're looking at their reference and they're saying well then how do i narrow that down how do i select the pencils that I'm going to use on this project. There's a couple of ways of handling this. And one thing that I suggest is first start out with something that is uh, the easiest thing that you might look at. And so with this fall tree that I did recently, this autumn tree, and I'll put put this reference in the show notes if anyone's interested in it. What I did was I looked at the sky first. And so that's what we went around the room and that's what I helped them to do is to look at their set of pencils and determine what do you want your sky to look like? Now with this particular project, it's a little more whimsical. You don't have to be as exact and that sort of thing on it. Um, Not that you have to be like that anyway, but it's just more fun to do it with this project. And so when you're creating your sky, who said the sky has to be blue? You can make it white, you can make it yellow, you can make it green, something like that. 
And so you can narrow that down and that's a really simple color to just select. And so my recommendation is when you look at the local color, figure out whatever that local color is, the predominant hue that you see or that you want to portray, and then maybe select three or four pencils and then narrow that down to one or two and then use that probably as your palette and then go to the next thing that is uh, less ambiguous, the thing that is more obvious. So maybe it's the orange tree. Look at that. Um, what color, what local color is that? What is the color you see the most of? Some type of orange. Is it a warm red and uh, or a cool red? And are you going to layer in some ochre or some other yellow in there? Figure out what that is. So pick I don't know, six pencils, and then start narrowing it down to get closer to the local color. After you figure out the local color in all of those areas, then go back and look at your reference again and say, what are some complement colors to this local color? And then start that whole process over again. It sounds more complicated than it is. It goes by really quickly, and those decisions should be made fairly quickly. Yeah, and I think that the one thing when it comes to color that I recommend people understand with color theory, the most important thing is understand complementary colors. Because like in this case where I was using the set of 12, these are all very bright colors. There are no neutral. There was a brown and I hardly used the brown. I mixed my own. I got better results that way. But almost all of the colors in this set are I want to say crayon bright, like what you think with little kids coloring, like bright blue, bright red, bright That's orange. how polychromos is for the most yeah. part. <laughs> so you have to learn how to neutralize it. How do you yeah, neutralize a color? Definitely. You, you mix it with its complement. So like with me, I was drawing this military macaw that's kind of a an olivey color green. What I did is started with the greens and then laid those reds and magentas on top of it. And that neutralized it. That gave me this softer green because emerald green, super bright. Light green, yeah. super bright. It's almost like a lime green. So these are very, very bright colors. If you understand that mixing a color with its complementary color will neutralize it, you just opened up so many colors for yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you struggle with this, don't, you know, don't uh, think that it's in the world. Just grab a color wheel and you're good to go and you can learn this quite easily and it'll become intuitive and second nature. But yeah, that that's very important is figuring out what the complements are and then understanding just some real basic things about, okay, uh, what is my foreground? My foreground is going to be a truer color than the background if you're doing a landscape especially. And then think about the colors that recede uh, once you use a blue or a purple or something like that. That's going to be something in the back. And then your brighter colors obviously are going to be up there in front. Um, so that's some quick ways of just figuring that out very fast and then just getting to your project. Once you do that, also, I think that you should decide on one of your darkest colors. And I think it's easier if you just say, okay, my dark color that I'm going to use on this project is, I don't know, deep indigo, you know, or a dark indigo, depending on which color line you're using. Or you could say... Uh, one of the ones I like for landscapes right now with uh, the Derwent Lightfast would be that uh, forest green. That's a that's a really nice one. Um, you know, something like that. You just make a choice. And then if you look at your piece as you're especially as you're getting close to the finish, close to completing it, then look around and see if something needs to be a little bit darker. Pay close attention to those values. Do you need to darken something up? If so, select that same dark color that you've been using and go in there and just darken it up a little bit by using some shading. And uh, I think it's a good way to go. It's a quick, 
easy way to just darken something up and then lighten something up as well. A lot of times a white pencil works wonders for that. One of the things, just paper-wise, I have people ask a lot, well, what's a cheap, good paper? I don't know that there's cheap and good, mm-hmm. but there's cheap and decent. And it, mm-hmm. that one of the papers that I was using that I used to start with when I started with colored pencil, and I used it for years, the only reason that I stopped is it's a lightweight. It's only, I want to say, 80 pounds. Yeah, 80 pounds is right in front of me. It is the Strathmore Drawing 400 Series Medium. I used the cream one. I don't know why. I, I just picked it up and I started using that one. I've been using it for years. But the texture on that is actually very nice. Now, you have to be careful. It's lightweight. It's easy to rip. But if you are somebody who is also looking for a less expensive paper. Well, it's not my go-to paper. I don't use it myself for pretty much anything just because it does rip fairly easily. You have to be very careful with it. But I can still sell the artwork that I've done on it. It is archival. It it has a very nice tooth, I, I think, for colored pencil. So... Uh, there's another good one if you're wanting to find an inexpensive paper that works really, really well, and that is the B paper. Uh, if you just type in B-E-E paper, you'll uh, quickly come up with some good options that they come out with. And those, I've been surprised at how well they do with colored pencil, and they hold up very nicely. 93 pound usually is what you'll find it in. Oh, a bit heavier. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one, one of the reasons I went with this one is because you can get it at Michael's, Hobby Lobby, Amazon, everywhere. Yeah, you can it, pretty much get this one everywhere as well. Oh, I've not and seen it. It usually comes in 60 sheets as well. So I'm it's usually to sold everywhere. Yeah, it, it, I was really happy with what you can achieve. And I've never tried a piece where I used the limited palette. I mean, I knew it could be done. But when you see mm. firsthand how much you can actually accomplish with very few pencils, it, it's just so much easier, I think, to get someone started. And if I went back, I don't teach classes in person anymore, but if I were to go back and start teaching new students again, I would probably start them with this set, the set of 12, and then, of course, a white. I, I still have to have my Derwent drawing Chinese white. But for, as far as just being limited, not being overwhelming for someone to get started, hands down, I would recommend this. Even if they bought the big set, I would have them pull these basic colors out and learn to use these first before they jumped into the other ones. It will make it so much less overwhelming for you. And even, like I said before, even if you're somebody who's been drawing for a while, try this. Because if you are struggling, when you look at those colors and you're just like, I I don't know which one to choose. There's eight yellows. How do I know, know which one? Limit yourself. Just start with the basic learn to blend from that. And then, you know, after you get comfortable with it, start adding more colors in. But I think if you get a good grasp of using a very limited color palette, it is going to make your life so much easier moving forward. One of the things that I do want to do in addition to this project as another piece with just using the primary colors, the red, blue, and yellow, and then of course, black and white. But I'm going to do a a piece showing even with that, when you learn, if this is too much, Break it down even further. Learn to blend from those. So, I mean, you can really learn so much more about color blending using an limited color palette than studying all the color theory in the world. It's that the color theory, when you read color theory books, they're not going to make a whole lot of sense if you've not experienced it yourself. And I think by experiencing it with a limited palette, when you, if you were to go back and study color theory, it'll make so much more sense to you then than if you jumped in trying to study color theory first and then, you know, doing the reverse, then trying to use the pencils. Yeah. Well, yeah. Color theory books, <laughs> they're really not going to help a whole lot anyway. Um, I, I think it's something that after you get started a little bit, then it is nice to go and look at a color theory book, especially with colored pencil. Um, 
it, you're going to be hard pressed to find one that's uh, specifically using examples with colored pencil. But yes. the other thing about it is if you it, I agree, it is less overwhelming for a new student starting out in colored pencil to use a limited palette. Now, that's something that I think I've nearly always done. I, I, I don't ever try to grab every 100 pencils that I have and try to use all of those in a project. For one, I think it's a bad idea. And I, I'll just I'll just be real frank about that. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, even if you've been drawing for a while to use a whole bunch of pencils, just a ton of pencils. And I'll tell you why, because sometimes what I see in pieces, I'm sure you've noticed this as well. If you look around, you're looking online or even uh, seeing some something in person, you, sometimes you'll see where the artist started out uh, using a particular set of pencils, maybe 12 or 20 or whatever, up in the top right corner or left corner, or right corner, it doesn't matter. And then you look over in the opposite corner and they ended up using some different pencils. You can tell the colors shifted just a little bit. That's one thing that can happen when uh, someone, you know, puts the pencils away or down or something and they don't get back to the project until later. They forget which pencils they've used. So it eliminates that problem. Secondly, it also just eliminates the problem of not having a cohesive look and feel and palette to the project. And so there's a lot of good things that can come out of using a limited palette is my point. Uh, so if you've not tried it, yeah, I would highly recommend you doing that, um, especially if you're brand new and starting out, because like we pointed out, it's less overwhelming. It gets just right down to the brass tacks of the matter. How can I create this color using, just like Lisa said, a blue, blue yellow and red? You can even create a portrait doing that. So there's nothing you can't really do um, using just these basic primaries as well. Your colors don't need to be exact. They need to be close. Like I would avoid one of the mistakes I see people make a lot with color. They're drawing someone with blonde hair and they automatically think yellow or an animal that is a buff color, or a tan and they yellow, you know, the, yeah, okay, that's one thing I would probably avoid. But for the most part, your colors, they don't need to be exact. They need to be, it's your values. We say this all the time. Yeah, well, especially starting out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't end up with the perfect green, the perfect red, right. it's not a big deal. Get your values in. And I, you know, it's kind of funny because I, I remember watching TV before and it was supposed to be some crime investigation show or whatever. And they were focused around an artist. And you could tell the people who wrote the show didn't know anything about art because they were making it sound like how important this color means this and this color this. And it, the color doesn't make the difference. The, the values are what is going to draw someone to that piece. The color, you know, this perfect shade of red. And it was so ridiculous because it's like, really, no one is actually noticing the difference on that. Um, but TV shows, they place such importance whenever they talk about art or books. I, I've seen the same or read the same one reading books where they place so much importance on the perfect color. And as an actual art artist, I can tell you, it's not the perfect color. It's the, the value. Yeah. Dark's dark enough, I feel like light's we, light enough. I feel like every other show we mention this, but it is so important. And it, it reminds me of that quote that I just love that just says, value does all the work, but color gets all the credit. I just think that that is so, so true. There's just so many people that don't don't understand that or, or just um, they, they get hung up on that. And they think the color yeah. is so important. Did I tell you about that embarrassing story, Lisa, that I had... Um, a student for over a year um, at Hobby Lobby, and I, this is so I didn't realize he was uh, colorblind until recently. 
Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but that goes thing, to show, though, if his values were correct, his values were right, fine. and I and I kept talking to him, and I kept saying, "Dan, it doesn't matter." He he worked over he worked for a year. It was about a year, one year, on a bird, and he worked for a year on that bird. And he would do he would come to class there and do all these color swatches, and then he would ask me the craziest questions sometimes, and I'd say, "No, that's a red," you know, and he'd say, uh, "That's red," and I say, "Yeah," <laughs> and then. And then, uh, you know, no, that's a green. It looks like blue. No, that's. And then finally, it wasn't until recently I said, it's just like these two reds. One of them is warm. One of them's cool. Right. And he goes, no, those are the same color. And then I was holding up the actual pencils. So he's looking at these polychromos pencils, you know, the lacquer finish on them. And I said, no, they're not. I said, the lacquer finish might be incorrect to you. I said, but look, it's I'll hold it closer. And then he said, let me see those. And he looked at them and he looked at the, you know, the name designation on the pencil itself. And he said, oh, it looked like the same color. And then he took them and he colored on the paper. I said, are you actually colorblind? And he goes, yeah, I'm colorblind. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that might have been an important question for me to ask maybe 12 months ago. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway. I mean, it just shows as long as you've got the value. Yeah. Yeah. That matters. That's what's really going to make the difference. And I have to wonder how interesting it would be for someone who is colorblind, who is making choices on colors, grabbing pencils that maybe I wouldn't choose because I see it differently. I have to wonder how much more unique their work would be. Because I've had people ask, yeah. you know, I'm colorblind. Yeah. What do I do? You paint. You draw. You you can well, look and, up yeah, what and these you colors could, you are. You can sort out extent. some of your colors into yeah. warms and cools within a color set. Yes. Like a color hue. And then, you know, just keep them separated like that and you'd be fine. Yeah, so, definitely. It's interesting. When you are working with a limited color palette, you are definitely going to need a lot of layers. Don't push hard on your paper to start with. So if you're somebody who does everything burnishing to start, and I mean, we recommend working in light layers anyway, right. but some artists with colored pencil like to burnish. If you burnish, you're not, where you're flattening the tooth of the paper, you're not going to be able to get enough colors on top of that color in order to shift the color the way that you're looking for. So like if I'm trying to do that olive green and I burnished with the emerald green and think, well, I'll, I'll burnish on top of that with red, it's not going to stick enough to give me the control I want to mix all of these colors. If you're really mixing colors, you want to layer that with a light hand. Yeah, yeah. And definitely um, a good way to go when you are using a limited palette is to do that layering. I mean, there obviously there's a lot of different techniques you could use, but layering is one of the powerful things about using a limited palette. Um, it just allows you to shift those colors in all kinds of directions in that way. Awesome. So if you have anything you would like to add to this discussion, you can comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. You can reach out through email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.